Hey, listener, thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, Black Panther becomes the first superhero movie to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Geek Boner. Fox's remaining X-Men movies are running into problems and the streaming wars heat up as Hulu lowers its price and Netflix announces a big comic book movie. Wowie zowie. Plus our spoiler review of M. Night's Glass and comments and voicemails from the Jock and Nerd Nation all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, January 24th, 2019. This is Jason Muse, and for reasons best left between you and your therapist, you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock is nerded. Be funny, disturbing. Hello, listener. Thanks for joining us this week and every week. And welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where you get your weekly geekly and we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews, and whatever we choose. Talking nerd. My name is Imran. My name is not Anthony. He's the felty. And he's the nerd. <laughs> Rugs, what's up? Just you and me, just yeah, the two we're of us. Jockless. We are sans jock, jockless, no jock sniffing. Uh, for the new listener, usually there's a jock here and about like 85% of the shows. He makes most of them, but he's living his best life right now. Because at this very moment, Rugs, while we are recording, he's getting laid. He's getting laid in Hawaii. Oh, shit. Yes. The jock is in Hawaii for uh, a wedding. Meanwhile, it's dick shrinkingly cold here in the Midwest. I don't know how oh, it is out so there. That's your excuse now? Yes. That's, no. I'm, that's what I'm using this week. Tomorrow, the polar vortex is coming down. <laughs> the high is going to be like minus five and the fucking Anthony is in Hawaii. That motherfucker. I hope he's having a good time. You know, he is. He's, he's living his best life. Of course. And, you know, God bless him. I have to vicariously live through him. And so, you know, he'll come back. We'll do jock and air travel tips. We'll find out what Hawaii is like. But you know how everything relates to the Simpsons to me, rugs. Every time I hear something, I think of Simpsons. Right. So the minute he told me. We're going to Hawaii. This is what popped in my head. Hawaii, here we come. Anonakuli, Makawani, Yana, Ona, Nanalula, Hawaii. Hawaii? What about Hawaii? Mo? Who's going to Hawaii? Am I going to Hawaii? Stop saying Hawaii in there. Stop saying Hawaii in there. That's the first thing <laughs> that popped in my head. Hawaii. Whenever I hear Hawaii, I think of Mecca, Lecca, Hai, Mecca, Haini, Ho. Oh, you think of uh, Z- Zombie? Yeah, I don't know, for some, reason it, it, for some reason it sounds Hawaiian to me. I always think of, and I also think of the Brady Bunch special episode where they went to Hawaii and there was the evil tiki doll. And there was a spider. And there was a spider and the thing almost <laughs> fell on his head. And they got, they all did the hula. The, the evil tiki. The evil that tiki. That spider freaked me out. I couldn't <laughs> sleep for a week. I thought there was going to be a spider on me it when was, I woke up. It was, like a, it was like a giant tarantula. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. The Brady Bunch, that's my shit. 
Uh, if you are a new listener, check out the show notes to this episode at our website, jockandair.com slash 258. Uh, it'll have links to everything we talk about, links to how to get in touch, links to how to subscribe, where to find us. We're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found, you will find us there. And with that, Rugs, let's get to the goddamn geek news. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Uh, let's rejoice, listener, because it's 2019 and Black Panther has become the first superhero movie to ever be nominated for a best picture. Geek Motor. Oh, shit. Holy shit. We kind of knew this was going to happen. It got the Golden Globe nomination. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Uh, but usually the Golden Globes mirror what happens here. In fact, whoever wins the best actor Golden Globes, which is Remy Malik, usually wins the best actor Oscar. Oh, really? It's always happened. Uh, Black Panther, not only nominated for Best Picture, it was also nominated for Costume Design, Original oh, Score, yeah. Original Song, Production Design, Sound Editing, and Sound Mixing. Geek-motor. Seven Oscar nominations. Rugs, I, I don't know if you caught the, the thread on our Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. Great debate going on, whether it deserves it, whether it should win, why. Look, well, why is there a debate? Uh, you know what? I don't know why there's a debate. We should just celebrate that they've opened up, uh, well, es- especially this year when we talk about what other movies are nominated. The Oscars are trying to become relevant, and I think they've taken a good step this year with these picks. Right. But, like, let me just say this. It, the Black Panther was a good movie. All right? Was it as good as The Dark Knight? Was it as a- Oscar caliber as The Dark Knight in, the, in, in all the way it was performed and done and shot and everything? Right, where- right. Come, uh, you know, there's clearly other movies that deserve this as a comic movie before Black Panther. Well, but the Oscars do this all the time. They're always late. They always award these Oscars way, and we'll get into another nomination that's so, way but is late. Even the best comic movie that came out this year. I mean, there there was a lot of them, and we uh, to us, our ranking Infinity War was the best. But you combine yeah. you combine the cultural. Uh, movement around this movie with the blockbuster aspect and all the money it made and yeah. tickets it so sold. So the Oscars are, just, I mean, yeah. So this the is Oscars a shift. are not really a barometer of like it's what's not. actually. It's a stupid it's, award show. Like, for example, like the the Spike Lee thing. Like okay, Malcolm X didn't get it exactly. So that's the, a fucking great movie. Dude, that is better than Black Klansman. Uh, do the right thing in 1990 should have been nominated for Best Picture. Spike yeah, Lee. So it's like the Oscars. What do they really? Mean? This year, after working being in the industry for 30 years, Spike Lee gets his first ever Best Directing Oscar nomination for Black Klansman for director and movie. 30 years. But again, they did the same thing with Denzel Washington. They gave him the Oscar for, uh, what the fuck was that movie? Training Day. Training Day, which he was great, but there were so many performances. Again, I will go to Malcolm X that he should have been not. They're just behind. So it's nice to see them so catching it's ba- up. So it's basically um, not necessarily the best movies are getting these or the best performances are getting them. They're just getting them because it's like they're due. Yes, but there are the Oscars are also realizing, you know, young people don't give a fuck anymore. Nobody's talking about it every year. It's a bunch of movies. Nobody's seen. Now, here's the remaining best picture nominations. This is a very interesting group of f- pictures for best picture Oscar nomination. Black Panther, Black mm-hmm. Klansman. So we got two movies with the word black. There's some good odds for a movie with the word black to win. Okay, uh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. The Favorite. Mm-hmm. Green Book. Right. Roma. 
Right. A star is born and vice. Now look what you have here between black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, a star is born. You have huge blockbuster movies here. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, I think has made $800 million. This is a blockbuster, just like a big superhero genre piece. Then you have smaller movies like the favorite green book, uh, vice to some degree, but Roma, Roma, a fucking Netflix release sidebar, Netflix, 15 nominations this year at the Oscars. This is a company that started out renting DVDs through the mail. Right. It's not that, so that, what does it tell you? It's not that hard to get one. Or I guess not. (laughs) I guess anybody is that, is that what it says? Also, Netflix now officially a member of the Motion Picture Association of America. Netflix is big time because Fox, uh, there was a slot open. There's only like six motion pictures in this MPAA. Fox is done. There was a slot open. And they let in Netflix. It's fucking crazy. So anyways, I like this collection of, you know, artsy. Roma is entirely in Spanish. This is a a foreign film. And then you got a Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther at the other end. I mean, there's nothing new about a foreign language film being nominated. No, that's true. That's true. But this variety, this range this year. Okay, look, uh, we do have, you know, we have a musical. Yeah. We have a lot of political shit. Yeah, we got a political one. We have a romantic tragedy yeah so we have a you know it, it does we have a uh historical piece on the vice president all right so there's there's a lot of different things going here some of them are more serious some of them are more uplifting um so it's interesting that uh the grouping is is so diverse it's a very unique uh set of of, of pictures now what do you think black panthers should legitimately win Everything that besides best picture. Costume design, original score. I mean, Kendrick yeah, Lamar think, is up for an Oscar, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. How crazy is that? I think, yeah, of course. I think that they should win in all the other categories. Best picture? I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, Bradley Cooper fucking learned how to play the guitar and sing for A Star Is Born. He didn't even get a, a director nomination or anything. He yeah, got snubbed a little. Um, so uh, let's see. Vice fucking Christian Bale had to gain like a million pounds yeah, yeah, to play they Dick love, Cheney. They love it when you fucking torture your all body. Right. Um, all all basically uh, anybody in Black Panther had to do was wait for the CG to uh, costume to, to do all the work do costume design. Um, I mean, so, if the Suicide Squad could win an Oscar for best costume design, uh, Black Panther should oh, definitely absolutely. fucking win. But I kind of agree. I like that it's nominated. I don't think it should win, but I love that it's up there. This is a huge move for this genre. Who would have thought, you know, Marvel in 10 years breaks that fucking barrier uh, and get it's a, a genre superhero picture nominated. It's great for, for Marvel and it's great for comic yeah, book movies. Amazing. I mean, does it legitimize them? No, I think the Dark Knight was one of the ones that legitimized everything. When that movie came out, it it was okay. This is not only a good comic book movie; it's it's a good crime movie. Yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. But I I think it does legitimize it a bit more in the eyes of mainstream audiences. Like we know it's legitimate. But no, the audiences are the ones that are paying billions of dollars for it. That's true. They know it. It's these fucking old fucking yeah. tight ass dudes yeah, in the yeah, academy yeah. that yeah. like. Don't get it. There's some younger people now. They're they're youngering up their whole, you know. It's not us. We know. Yes. It's fucking good. Uh, a couple other notable things in the nominations this year. Lady Gaga, first person to be nominated for both Best Actress and Best Song. That's pretty crazy. Uh, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse gets the nomination for Best Animated Feature. Which is good. I think it could win that. I think it could beat out Disney and the Pixar. Again, Avengers Infinity War. 
nominated for best visual effects. I think it should get that one also. Except for the floating heads. Well, there are. That's like, (laughs) that does stick out as some bad shit in Infinity War. Heads are horrible. Is it better, though, than uh, the effects in, I think, is it uh, Ready Player One? Hold on. Ready Player One is, you're clearly, they're not going for realism. Here's what Avengers Infinity War is up against. Christopher Robin. uh, I didn't see that. For a real-life Pooh Bear. First Man, the Mars, the Neil Armstrong movie. Ready Player One. And Solo, a Star Wars story, also up for best visual effects. They were pretty good, I guess, in Solo. Yeah, I guess Infinity War would be. I think Infinity War with uh, just Josh Brolin and Thanos alone. uh, But Black Panther didn't get nominated for that. Not for best visual effects. No. Yeah, because that that that. Yes, because yes, and yes, you know what? A bad third act really does hurt the experience of the movie. It is what you are left with when when we get to the movie we're reviewing this week. That is a big part of the discussion. Is the third act? How do you want this movie to to stick the landing? Uh, And it's the last thing you remember, so you kind of have to nail it. Yeah. Uh, Oscars airing Sunday, February 24th on ABC. Uh, still no host. Oh, shit. Nobody hosting. They're just going to turn the camera on, let the thing just run itself. Yeah, because there's nobody in the world that doesn't have skeletons in their closet. No, you're not going to find a clean person, Oscars. You know what? Just put get a table, put all the Oscars on there one by one. Everyone goes up and grabs theirs. They say hello, and then they move on. How about that? Show. They should just get a... They should just get a uh, you could do that. Artificial intelligence to do it. Oh, they need to get a clean robot that's never tweeted a bad thing in his life. Yeah. To do it. How can a robot be racist? Robots can't be racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's how they're built. Listener, uh, you can join our conversation. Let us know what you think uh, of uh, the Oscars. It's just a, a crappy award show. Whatever. The point is, get in touch with the show. Visit our contact page on the website, jockandnerd.com slash contact. You will find a link to the Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. What's up? That is our awesome, exclusive, closed Facebook group just for you. Get in there. Geek out with us. Welcome this week, Juan Carlos Valdovinos. Whoa. David Ortiz, Big Poppy himself, joining the, I know that's a sports reference, and the only reason I know this is because of Keenan Thompson on Saturday Night Live. And uh, just joining today, Uatu, the Watcher. Welcome. Oh, nice. Yes, welcome. Uh, who watches the Watcher? He's becoming more than a Watcher. He's becoming part of the, the nation. He's a listener. He's, He's a Watcher. He is a participator. He's not just watching it anymore, people. Only here on the Jack and Nerd podcast. Jack and Nerd. What are we talking about, Rocks? Did you see this new uh, Shazam footage they put out for this? I, I think, but I, I didn't. I saw it, but I don't remember much of it. I, th- I remember what, what was it? Uh, there was a couple of, uh, he jumps off the roof, I, the lightning. I love that. So, yes, in the beginning, it's a little bit of the same. He walks out of the train, but he's on the roof. He jumps out. He yells, Shazam, transformation in midair. Uh, that got me going. Get I was like, man. oh, shit. I like that. I like, they're showing a lot of, like, Man of Steel type flying effects and some battles, some actual battles between him and Dr. Sivana, uh, yeah. Mark Strong, shooting lasers at each other, saving a bus, and then... The more I see about this, the more I really love the humor, and I like Zachary Levi in this character with this humor in this role. What do you think, Rux? I mean, it's a comedy, so right away, like, it can get away with a lot of shit that a normal movie can't. Because you're like, it's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically, that's like, uh, it's cheating. (laughs) Like, <laughs> you know, like you can just do whatever you want. It's just like that, like a cartoon can cheat, and you're like, you can do whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, but they are showing you like some massive battles, like getting thrown through buildings, kind of like Man but of Steel it, shit. You, does that, the fact that it's a comedy, does it, does it lessen the action for you or what? what how do you, how do you feel about it? The that? action still looks pretty impactful. I don't think so. I'm just, I like that. It's, like Deadpool was a comedy yeah, that had great but, action. Yes, one, exactly. This is a action. That's a unique film. It, but this looks like it could be an action comedy. I mean, I, it looks different than all the other DCU movies, but still uh, a little bit similar in the, the Man of Steel stuff. But just the tone seems fresh. They're really not taking themselves too seriously. Uh, and it looks like it'll work. I don't know. I'm going to watch it. Billy Batson. I want to do a thing for Patreon where you break down the hilarious lawsuits uh, uh, that are <laughs> uh, connected with Shazam because Fawcett Comics in the 40s comes up with Captain Marvel. Right. DC Comics, which is National Comics at the time, sues them because they have a Captain Marvel, takes the character. Marvel then in the 60s sues DC Comics because they have a Captain Marvel. DC has to call theirs Shazam. Marvel gets to keep Captain Marvel in the end. That's fun. Well, I thought they sued because it was copying Superman. Oh, initially DC sued Fawcett, yes, because it was exactly like Superman. And then they ended up getting the character. But that's hilarious. Like people just suing the people who sued you, and then the next person yeah, he, sues you. Shazam is a troubled uh, hero. It really is. It's quite a story, but this looks like the new Fifty Two Shazam. Uh, looks like fun. Moving on, Jess Rivera posted this in our Facebook group uh, because next year there's like nine superhero movies. We talked about this in our uh, ranking the superhero movies of last year. It's a lot. Two of which are X Men movies. Now there's a re- really big uh, likelihood that. They either one or both may not come out. Okay. Rumor. Probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. As you know, Fox has been bought by Disney. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Feige is looking for a spot to just restart the X-Men his own way. He doesn't like using other people's cat. He wants to cast it. He wants to control it. It's great. I think it would be great in his hands. I really think that, you know what? I mean, New Mutants, I haven't seen. But well, nobody's uh, seen it. It's been delayed. It's been right. finished. It's been reshot. It's been delayed and delayed and yeah, delayed. So I don't know what's going on in New Mutants, but from what I know of the Dark Phoenix, because we've seen the trailer and shit. Yeah. And we've seen the trailer to New Mutants, too, I think. Yes. So, you know I mean? Yes. But then they got put on hold and reshot, whatever. But yes. Like, like, I don't care if you recast everybody. Like, I'm not really in love with Sansa Stark being Jean, Jean Grey. I really don't think she fits the character at all. Well, I mean, uh, no, I think it's a great idea. It's just what the fuck do you do with these two new movies? So let's. I think you just put them on. You put them on streaming and like like a, like a like an Elseworlds. There is your first rumor. You hit it right on the head. Nails New Mutants. Josh Boone's horror uh, version of the New Mutants, which we saw the trailer. I love the trailer. Originally set to be released past April 2018, was delayed by reshoots. They wanted to make it scarier, add more characters. It's been given a release date of this year in August. Now, a rumor. Says it's going to be delayed again and released via streaming uh, platforms such as Hulu. Get your hand off my penis! Sorry. So how are they like? So basically, the the deal is they don't spend any money on marketing. Anymore. Yeah. So they save a bunch of dough there, for because if you're going to put it in a wide release, you got to promote it. Yes. So they pocket the money. Yes. And then they have to try and make back some money for the production. And I don't know. Let's say the movie costs a hundred million dollars to make. Yeah. Is, they, is, they, is Hulu going to pony up? 
they can they would have to pay for it. Uh I you know, I I I this this is really weird. Arya Stark is in there. This tweet from this guy Scott Bedtel says Fox and Boone are really struggling to come to terms on a comprehensible and finished product. They're looking to release it in early November, but Fox is still toiling with a Hulu release in October. They're trying to decide which method would have more returnable value for an otherwise dead on arrival film. Now we just talked about Roma. Roma actually had a small limited theatrical release and then Netflix grabbed it and put it on Netflix where uh, eventually I think it had way more viewers and more people saw it and more awareness. So, well, yeah, that makes sense for like a, a, a limited release movie because no one's going to see it. Right. Like who goes to those movie theaters? No, like, very small populations of like artsy fartsy people will go there. I say put the fucking thing out on Hulu. Fuck it. Cut your losses. Whatever the state is in now, come to an agreement on th- this movie is done. Put it out on Hulu. It would be huge. You will get a lot of subscribers. Disney is now a controlling, has a controlling stake in Hulu once they bought Fox. Right. Uh, let's do that. I just would hate to scrap a movie people have worked on. All that work. It's a lot of work. You can't just I don't fucking need to scrap, scrap it. I just put it out and put it out on on streaming because, like, what they could probably uh, use the loss to their advantage if they don't put it out. Well, they could wipe the whole know. fucking thing off. Yeah, as a loss. All right, maybe. so that's New Mutants. Let's talk about the other X movie that's supposed to come out this year: X Men Dark Phoenix. Fox's fucking second attempt at rushing the Dark Phoenix saga and reportedly fucking it up because. This rumor is that the test screening reactions have not been good for the Dark Phoenix. Again, another movie that was supposed to come out last year. Now it's been pushed back till June this year. Uh, This guy, Skylar Schuler, says he has talked to six people who all went to three different test screenings. And all of them have told me the screenings were bad. Like Donald Trump, capital letters, bad, sad. This is bad. Well, I expected this to suck. Yeah, so I think everyone did. But now, do you put this out for a loss in the theater? You have the date. You have both movies have trailers. Uh, Wow, what a mess. It depends if there's anything out that week that could compete with it. I mean, it's kind of, they're trying to put it out in the busy summer uh, summertime. Yeah, if it's in a crowded schedule, it's not worth doing because you're not. No one has really good feelings about this movie like no one's like pumped or hyped no. for it. and like if you uh, we, like we just talked about if you step back the bigger pictures you just we just have to get these movies out of the way so fucking Faiji can restart the x-men his way and and make right. it good again uh speaking of test screening drugs i found this article i thought it was very interesting about john wick 3's test screenings well what's wrong with the test screen well here's it's uh, the headline is john wick 3 had the most frustrating test screening reactions. Why? Uh, so the director, Chad Stahelski did an interview with Collider and he kind of gives us a behind the scenes uh, of what it's mostly what he's going through, what the vision he wants to put out there and what he's getting back from these test screenings. Here's his quote. He says, pacing is always a really true note. There's a lot of contradictory notes. What's the best thing you like about John Wick 3? We love the action. We love the action. What's the worst? Well, there's just a lot of action. A lot of action. Okay, so your best note and your worst note are the same thing. It's a tricky one to handle. We love your action, but we want you to change it. But if you change it, we may hate it. Okay, so you love all the action? Oh, it's the best action-packed movie I've ever seen, but there's too much. Okay, what do you want to cut? I don't know. Good luck. 
These are his quotes. Can you imagine going through this? Like, uh, I think this is really fascinating because what do you do? Do you serve the audience who is loyal to John Wick and they're coming to see a John Wick movie for the gun fu, for the kick-ass action? Right. Or do you cut it back, play it safe because because a few people are saying there's too much action. And I always wonder when Well, there could be too much action. So like uh, if yeah. you watch some like if you watch like some Hong Kong films yes. that are really action heavy, after a certain point in time, you're just exhausted watching. It. You're like, okay, I've it, seen it loses how many, it, yeah. Okay, so it loses its specialty. Yeah. Just like anything, too much is too much. Like you love ice cream, but you eat yeah. ice cream all the time every day. You're going to get sick of it. So you have to uh, either the movie has to be shorter. So it's a smaller dose. Yeah. Or you have to pad it out with something that's interesting and riveting, but not, you know, nonstop action. Well, it's a balance between enough action and being able to widen the audience and get a larger audience. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Stahelski says this is how he looks at test screenings at two stages. One, hearing the reactions from a crowd, about 500 people feeling the vibe, seeing if they laugh and cheer when they hit the beats they wanted. And two, after the screening, when the fans fill out the forms, where were you confused? What did you not get? I've always wondered how much of these you, you throw out. Like what, what notes do you take and what notes are like, this guy is just, it's completely off. Right. He says they try to find a middle ground to do things for both sides. Now, Speaking of too much action, Chad has said John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum is 20% more movie than Chapter 2 with more characters and more action by at least three sequences. So the body count is substantially higher. He says John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2 were more two-act stories. And in Parabellum, there are two storylines going on. So it's more of a three-act film. So this looks bigger. Does that sound like it's too much action? I don't know. I mean... The uh, Mission Impossible movies seem to do it really well. Yeah, I mean, Fallout had like just the right amount of action set pieces. I mean, it had a lot of out. action. It in did, it. but it wasn't so, too much. It's a great balance. McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie, uh, has a great balance with that stuff. So, um, it could have more than that, but I think it, it's all about the kind of action. If the a- action is different enough in each scene, where you're not getting the same thing, where like, let's say, for example. Keanu Reeves is going, making his way through a building, dismantling everybody. Okay, you do that once, you do that twice, but you can't do it again after that. Like, Unless you do it different. You gotta or, have like a chase scene. Yeah, yeah, yep, you gotta have, yep, yep. Uh, and the chase scene can't be too long. Yeah, like I hate long chase scenes. Yeah, like if it, if it goes too long, then I just I tune out. Speaking of chase scenes, Keanu is a pro uh, motorcycle rider. He's kind of like a Tom Cruise here. He also can ri- ride horses. So we see him riding a horse. We see him riding a motorcycle. And then I also read Holly Berry trained uh, her own dog for this role. So that German Shepherd is her dog. Like they each have a dog. So imagine the two of them and their dogs fucking going after these motherfuckers. Sounds fucking badass. But Halle Berry, crazy. Halle Berry, a bit of a dog trainer. Turns out, I just thought it was interesting what what goes behind the scenes in test screenings. Because well, listen, it's gotta be hard out, to what would stuff. you rather have the packed with action movie or the one that was cut down? I would rather have the packed with action movie. I think, right? But you're You'd right. Rather just take the chance of being yes. overwhelmed, right? But you're right. It can be too much, and it can lessen it. So 
shit. Like, this makes me want to see it even more. It does. It All this shit he's got planned. Hopefully, he can find a good balance. I mean, I'm sure it'll deliver. If, it, if there is too much, I'm going to be like, whoa, there's a, the shit this <laughs> there's a lot of action. But uh, just like, <laughs> you know, we saw Kong's Kong Island, and you're like, you know what? There's a little bit too much Kong in this. Uh, I didn't think I'd say that, but a little I bit too really much. I think that. I thought there was. There was the perfect amount. Perfect amount. Like, like, yeah, I did. I did think. We, um, I just think that there was too much of Kong beating up the same kind of thing, or like just scratching his armpits and putting on deodorant. Yeah, scratching his balls. Just scratching his balls. Uh, let's turn to the streaming wars. We were talking about Netflix and the Oscars last week. We talked about Netflix raising its prices. Hulu fires back by dropping its prices. Oh, yeah, shit. This, this price hike is pissing a lot of people off. This Netflix for the net, but you know what? When they did that, their stock went up. The, for the investors, it was uh, a show of confidence, and they, their their stock dipped, and then it it went up a lot after the price hike. Uh, but I will talk about what they're using the movie for in a little bit because there's an exciting project. But Hulu dropping its price two dollars. Uh, to five ninety nine, down from current seven ninety nine, beginning February twenty six. This is still the you still see ads, uh, and Hulu you, has offered this before at five ninety nine promotion, but now it's going to drop it down to five ninety nine. There's also an eleven ninety nine no commercials plan. Uh, so this is how they're they're fighting back to the Netflix increase fees, but they're raising. The cost of their live TV service. This is something they buried. They dropped their price on the one thing, but they—if you want to watch Hulu, and I guess they have—you can watch live TV with the Hulu. Yeah, uh, that goes up from thirty nine ninety nine to forty four ninety nine. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit from here to come over here. Uh, Net. What do you get with the live TV that you're paying all that money? for? Well, you—I imagine you get like your local channels, you know, so you can watch. Live sports, your local NBC, ABC, whatever, along with all the Hulu stuff. So you really don't need a cable box at all. So mm. numbers-wise, Hulu revealed earlier this month, it, it ended 2018 with over 25 million subscribers. That's not bad, right? Netflix has uh, 58 million U.S.-based customers and over like 140 million worldwide. Wow. So ne- yeah, Netflix is killing it and they just raise prices. Think about it. On 58 million much, people. What is it? 15 bucks a month? Uh now it is uh 13, uh, I guess it's 13 All now. Right, so how many million? 58 million just in the US. And then around the world 100 something? Yeah, like 140 I think was the number. So they're getting uh How much money is that? That's a fucking lot of money. Let, I, let's do the math right now. Do it. Okay. Pull out the okay. fucking calculator, you felty bastard. Where is my calculator? I heard it is. It's up your All slack right. so hole. So let's say like let's 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 go it's 10 bucks, right? 10 bucks is 13. No, but but people oh, pay like the lower like okay. the average is 10 bucks. Okay. All right, how many 100 pe- 100 be 100 million? Let's go 140 million. Okay, so times 140 million. How do you fucking write that? One, oh my god, that's a lot of zeros. Oh, one, two, three, four. How many zeros is that? All right. So then you times that by 12. Yeah. And it's like 16 billion? A month? A year. A year. Holy shit. That oh shit is a lot of money. <laughs> what are they doing with that money? Well, they put out Punisher Season 2. Still not canceled, Rugs. Yeah. Uh, let's get a watch update. Have you watched? Or maybe any it's one point six billion. I don't know. One point. It's a lot of money. It's a fucking fuck ton. Yeah. How far Punisher season two have you watched? All of it. 
Oh, snap, really? Oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah, I watched all of Punisher. Fuck. All right. I'm, I've only watched the first four episodes. Oh. Yeah. I got to catch up. But fuck? I like it so far. I really enjoyed the first four episodes. Can you give us anything without spoiling anything? Uh, initial thoughts on season two. Um, I think that it um, was very strong for a while. And then the last few episodes, I feel like uh, we're good. But I, I felt a little bit, um, I, I don't know. I don't think it was, like, they can't end it here. I feel like it's a bad place to end it. Well, I don't think they're getting the third season, and uh, it's probably going to get canceled soon. Uh, yeah. I, I love, look, Bernthal is, is so good in this role so far. Like, I kind of missed watching him. I love him I as did the enjoy Punisher. This. Yeah. There was a couple of places in this, in this uh, show that, it went awry here and there, but for the overall, I think it's it was enjoyable. The action and the mystery and the tension in like the first four episodes, I'm digging it. I was digging it so far, and I'm like, all right, what the fuck's going on? I love the first episode. Who is this? Yeah, surprisingly, I heard it was slow, but uh, it w- it was actually a really great episode. Uh, interest setting everything up nice, and and then just an amazing uh, uh, action scene in there, brutal. And you're like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. So. I'm still at the point where I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is Pilgrim? What is going on? What's the deal with this girl? Uh, and so I'm interested to see where it goes and how they tie. They have these two kind of separate threads. Um, I hope they can tie them together. We'll find out. Uh, so here's what Netflix is using all that money on. Remember, they bought all of Mark Millar's Miller World property right. last year. Uh, the first of these movies is in production with... Old Bird Box, Sandra Bullock herself. Oh, shit. Hot off the Bird Box. She's teaming up with Lego Batman filmmaker Chris McKay to adapt Reborn. Right. The Miller World comic. And I think I bought the first issue of this. Uh, Mark Millar, Greg Capullo drawing. Uh Reborn centers on Bonnie Black, an 80-year-old woman who dies and finds herself resurrected in Adistria, a land filled with magical monsters and dragons. She's once again in the prime of her life and finds all of her loved ones in Adistria, except for her late husband. In order to find him, she must become a hero. This is going to be a movie. Chris McKay will be directing. Sandra Bullock will be in it. And I think she's also uh, producing. Is she going to be the old lady or the young lady in the prime of her life? Oh, I don't know. Maybe both. Uh, she's also producing. Oh, yeah, oh I don't know God. who she's going to play, but I, I bought the first issue. I read it. I kind of liked it. Uh, and then I I never continued it. Have you read any more of this? Reborn? No, I have not read it. I have. I've been meaning to get to it. I haven't. Got I'm it. excited that they're starting to make this Miller World stuff because uh, this was 20. 20- I like I said, I said Mark Miller yeah. wrote this shit yeah. to be. TV stuff. Yeah. And uh, movies. this was bought. Uh, they bought it in 2017. They've been working on it. This is the first one that's going to come out. I don't know when it's going to come out, but they're also working on Jupiter's Legacy and an American Jesus TV series, as well as three other films based on Empress, Huck, and Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Well, yeah. Huck is going to be awesome. Dude, Netflix is going to be killing it with these uh, non superhero comic book properties. Umbrella Academy put out a new trailer. That looks like a lot of fun. It looks yeah. really weird. I'm really excited. Did you watch for that. the Deadly Class? I have not seen that yet. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. That's the other one. Uh, that's the Rick Remender one. I gotta, uh, I gotta get caught up on that. I'm looking forward to Umbrella Academy. The Boys put out another little teaser on Amazon, and then you have all of Miller World on fucking Netflix. There's so much fucking comic book content out there. 
Uh, it's kind of overwhelming. There's going to be a lot. There's I don't know be. if we can review it all. No, I know. I, I you know, we'll, we'll, you got to give them three episodes. We'll, we'll, we'll pick the good ones. Like last year, I, I, you know, my favorite thing on the last year was Cloak and Dagger was really good on Freeform. Surprisingly, oh, really? yes, it's a, it was a really good season. I thought they improved on the comic book. Uh, great show. I would watch more of that. So there's so much stuff out there. We'll see what sticks. Last thing in the news, rugs. I got a new Spider-Man comic book title coming out, and let's see if it can pass your discerning, felty sensibilities here. I think probably not. I think you might like this one. Right, Marvel ahead. Comics announced a new series starting Spider-Man that will revisit one of the Wall Crawlers' most iconic arcs, the Alien Costume Saga. Geek boner. The series is going to be titled Symbiote Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I said that sounded like Stanley. Symbiote Spider-Man, written by Peter David, uh, art by Greg Land, and it's going to explore the weeks when Spider-Man was wearing his black costume before he found out it was an alien symbiote that goes on to be Venom. Geek boner. Ah, uh, Rugs, I kind of love the idea of this because the alien costume saga is a great trade paperback if you buy it. And I love when they go back and tell you stories that happened back then, back when you, the Spider-Man you remember uh, and, 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 and intersperse it with the canon, what do you think? Uh, would you be on board for this? I mean, this is. It, I feel like I'd be on board for this. Uh, I check it out. It's Peter think, David. He's written Spider Man in the past. He's a really good writer. I just the thing is, it's like uh, the symbiote happened in the eighties or in the late. This was 90s. my question: Is it going to take place in the eighties slash nineties? So it happened in the eighties with the eighties sensibilities. So now you're going to sit there. You're going to do the symbiote stories. But then you do the math and you're like, wait a minute. Uh, Peter should be like, but what yeah. else could you do? I kind of, I kind of want them to set it back then. I think Yeah. I would love to be, you know, taken back to that era. when I was reading Spider-Man as a kid and the symbiote saga was going on, the alien costume saga. And then, so like on the cover of the first issue, uh, Mysterio's on there. He never fought yeah. Mysterio in the symbiote costume. Uh, I just, I love, oh, it's a five issue limited series, Symbiote Spider-Man coming out in April. Do you think April. this is going to sell well? I don't know. This is like, the, you know, for you, this is not the new, you know, Dan Slott ruined new canon Spider-Man or the Spider-Man that Nick Spencer's writing. This, I want this to be like going back and discovering old issues of a, of a now, comic I never Nick read. Nick Spencer Spider-Man? Uh, it's so it's it's okay. I I actually have a whole run that I haven't got through. Uh, right. I've been reading them, but he does a weird like uh, clone split thing where there's a Peter Parker that doesn't have the powers, and then there's a Spider Man, and they were kind of separated, and spy and so his personalities were split. So Peter Parker was a really weak and meek person, and Spider Man is always in the costume and just a dick all the time. See, that's the thing. Like, why do they have to keep doing shit? It was only to for him? a few episodes and they put him back together. Like, why do they have to keep doing shit I don't know. to him? Uh, like he has to be possessed by something. Like like they've done all that. They've exhausted all I'll that. I'll tell stuff. you what so, though, like, the Chip Zadarsky spectacular Spider-Man is very good. There's some great issues of that. And I think in that one, Peter has revealed spoiler if you haven't read spoiler alert. He's revealed to J. Jonah Jameson that he's Spider-Man. I think Jameson now knows that he is Spider-Man. Whoa. But he wants to help him. Like, he's not trying to. 
you know, gone are the days where he's he's ruining his image. They're working together, kind of, because I think he's the mayor of, or he was the mayor. He was formerly the mayor. Now he runs like an online blog. Some shit happened. Uh, yada yada. Because comics. Uh, I I'm gonna check out this series. So does it pass? Does it get the rug boy approval? Does it pass? I um, I'll give it a mild pass. Oh, I'll give you the thing. Mild pass, not complete hate. <laughs> Remove from the dance slot craziness. Yeah. All right, uh, listener, we're gonna take a quick break, play some promos, uh, some friendly neighborhood friendly pods you should check out, and we'll be right back with our review of Glass right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. In a world of heroes, villains, six British actors will come together to play Pathfinder. It's sort of like D&D, but also really not like D&D. Join Falter. I immediately regret this decision. Caragor. Oh, I see you, Kenneth. Velda. Behold my arcane powers. Shania. Yes, I've tracked the case. M. No, kill him. <laughs> and the Dungeon Master for an actual play podcast that takes adventure Seriously. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and from DangerClubPodcast.com. Danger Club, let's roll. God, doing that voice hurts. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol. These two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. I just got a message from Anthony from Hawaii. Here it is. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Motherfucker, Hawaii must be good. <laughs> what do you think he's doing right now? Oh my god, he's eating some fucking fresh roasted pig and seafood and drinking pina coladas. I don't know, just shirt off, probably. But yeah, it sounds about right. But with some uh, at a luau, something. It's yeah. warm. It's not cold. Uh, listener, if you want to stay warm and keep us warm, and you want to support the show, and you want more show, join our awesome fan club on Patreon. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. For all the details where you get access to a whole entire bonus podcast feed. Oh, yeah. Talking nerd. Lot, whole episodes, post shows, instant reactions. Uh, new this week, Anthony did manage to fire off a jack talk with Chaz. Their bottom is is very weak. Talking about weak bottoms every week, this week and every week on the jock talk uh, before he left. And uh, the, the, the Patreon fan club member would have heard my instant reaction. To Glass. I forgot to do one. That's fine. You always do, but that's why I'm always excited to hear 
your real thoughts when we get to the show. I feel like we got to save something. Yes, got to save before the show. So, listener, if you want to get all this bonus content every week, support the show. You got other cool stuff. Pick a tier. Visit jockender.com slash Patreon. Now, before we get to the glass review rugs, since we got to have this, we have this great Rick and Morty clip. I think we should start a weekly get your shit together segment because I have one. <laughs> Do you have a bone to pick with somebody? It, I have a bone to pick with the AMC chain of theaters. Here's what happened. I bought my ticket for glass on Fandango up for Tuesday when it's cheap. Cause I'm a uh-huh. cheap bastard, but look, it's not, and it's not like IMAX. It's normal theater, but you get to pick your seat. I have yeah. my seat. Movie starts at eight 15. I'm like, great. I can roll in eight, 10, get to my seat. I like to be efficient. Don't waste no fucking time. So I roll in right on time. I get there and I'm walking in. It's like eight 10 and the lights are up and there's nothing on the screen. Like nothing, not even like the shitty, like go to the concession stand, the TV commercial. Right. This is never a good sign. Nothing on the screen. I go sit down. It's 810. People are filling in. It's 815. Still nothing on the screen. Right. Eight, 15 minutes later at 830, this girl comes out and she's like, oh, sorry for the delay. Uh, we're working on getting it up. It will be up right away. And she leaves. And 15 minutes later, the movie just starts up. No previews. No, nothing. This is the second time. I think it was the exact same theater when I went to see Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. The same shit happened. What the fuck? AMC, you are the winner of this week's Get Your Shit Together clip. Well, then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. I was going to buy your AMC A-list pack, AMC, but I don't know. I don't know because clearly the kids you got running these theaters, Listen, uh, I don't know what they're doing. The AMC theaters are bad. They don't do. They're not good. No, they're, it's like a fucking like it's weird. Like it's so like who's working here? There's never anybody there. There's always just one person behind the thing. They seem to be like really always understaffed. Yes, or yes. nobody's doing the right shit. Yes, there's an AMC that I go to under duress. Like if I can't find a good movie, I should time, stop going to this AMC. Yeah, I go to another theater that's much better. That you can choose your own seats. I mean, isn't and, aren't they all digital projectors these days? Don't you literally just gotta load a file and press the button? I don't know how it works. It's not like I reels mean, anymore. What's the fucking it's problem, like, AMC? It's just a movie theater. It's just a fucking movie. They've been doing this for fucking a hundred years, <laughs> right? But like, it's not like it's probably easier now than it's ever been. Yeah, they still can't get their shit together. Yeah, it's just people are dumb. The kids that they're hiring are yes, dumb. No, that's. I think that's what it is. You know, am I supposed to upload this? What do I press? Uh, anyways, let's get to the glass review. Uh, first of all, I'm really excited. We can we get to talk about a new M Night movie. That's part of the genre that we cover. What did, what's the M in M Night? Um, Morantz, Morelli, uh, Mustafa, Mustafa. Uh, that's racist. Hold on. That's a good question. But I wanted to say <laughs> to the listener, if you haven't seen the movie, like, like all M. Night movies, you do not want to be spoiled going into this movies. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. We're probably going to spoil the ending of all of his movies. So here is your official spoiler alert. You've been warned. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, his name is Manoj Neliatu Shamailan. M. Night Shamailan. Manoj. It's Manoj. 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 He was born in Manhe, Puducherry, India, raised in Penn Valley, Pennsylvania. Oh. Makes his directorial debut in 1992 
with his first movie, Praying with Anger, which I've never seen. I didn't even know that was his first movie. But Glass, directed, written, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, Sarah Paulson, Samuel L. Jackson, Anna Taylor-Joy, Spencer Treat, Clark, the kid from Unbreakable, all grown up. Uh, as uh, David Dunn's son. It was kind of cool to see him. Uh, and, of course, M. Night himself. He loves to do little cameos in this movie. And this cameo was kind of cool because it tied all the movies together. First, yeah. first of all, this is crazy that, like, 19 years, we didn't know we were waiting for this movie for 19 years, right? Who thought in 2000 when Unbreakable came out that we would get to see David Dunn and Mr. Glass back on the screen together 19 years later? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes for this movie... Here's where it gets dicey. 36%. What's the, what's the average? 5.1 out of 10. Mm, All right. So yeah, it's great. The critics were not fans and I can kind of see why we'll get into that. Let's see if it made any monies because this is the movie that had a production budget of 20 million. We mentioned that he financed this himself. Yeah, he paid for this shit. He actually mortgaged a property of his to pay for this movie. Right. So, and you know, I, that's kind of, that's ballsy. I love it. Opening weekend makes $40 million. Right. Not bad. Uh, domestically right now, it's made $52 million worldwide, $106 million on a $20 million budget. I would say that's a financial great return already. Yeah. In six days, right? I think he made his money back. Uh, I think you need like triple or double to make your money back. Right. So split... In 2017, ended at 138 million domestic, right? On a nine million dollar budget, do you think this thing gets over 100 million domestic? No, I'm surprised Split made that much money. That was like a crazy sleeper hit. Once word got out what it was, no, no, but people liked it because of James McAvoy's performance. Yes, McAvoy was amazing and is also amazing in this. So um, Martin Luther King Day weekend, it opened to 47 million. Uh, Rugs, why why don't you start it off? This is this is a crazy movie. I'm fascinated with M Night's career and his ups and downs. And the fact that he's he has a vision and he always does what he wants to do. Well, he he became known for doing this twisty endy thing. Yeah, and then I think that that trope kind of started to define him in in, in a bad way. It was because, a gift and a curse at the same time. Yeah, he pretty much like he had to gamble with every movie. And he gambled and lost many times. Like the happening was a huge letdown. The lady in the water was a huge letdown. Um The Village is actually I I I think it's a decent movie. But look at look at this look at this this set of movies. The man goes strong starting in 1999, 6 cents. Yeah. Unbreakable. Great movie. Signs. I like Great Signs movie. and The Village. Signs is, oh, was pretty good. It, you know, there's people who hate that movie as well. I actually, I like these first four movies. I like yeah. the twists in these first movies. And then I don't know what happens. We get into Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, After Earth. Okay, so now there's a string yeah. of flops right there. Like uh, The Last Airbender is probably the worst uh, of all of them. Yeah. Because that's when he tried to adapt somebody else's thing and did it horribly. Yeah, no, M. Night, you're good when you do your own stuff as like, then he gives us the visit, which I haven't seen, but I heard is pretty good. And then follows up split with that, which is a, a really good movie, big hit. 
And he also wrote Devil. And now we have Glass. Oh, and as far as writing, yeah, these are just his uh, directing credits. Yeah. But look, we know he makes movies for himself. We know he gives us crazy twists at the end. When this movie was over, what was going through your head this time uh, in this unintentional? Not only is it a, a third part of a trilogy, it's a sequel to both movies, Unbreakable and Split. It's really weird. I was weird. perplexed. All right. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is uh, everybody thinks this movie's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, the critics do. Yeah. I just, um, I think they don't. Get I it. got out of the movie thinking uh, that was a weird uh, gamble for M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, um, let's hit the spoiler. We did. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. We did. You want to jump right to the twists? Yeah. I'm going to jump right into what. Well, what the problems with this movie is, and we'll talk about what I like too, but and we'll talk about what you liked, but like, the, there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. Like, for example, James McAvoy is amazing. McAvoy is amazing. If you saw, yes. if you saw Split, you're gonna love more of the same, yes. and it's just just as good as Split was, and if not even better. And we got different identities, and like he did like tw- almost right. twenty different people in this movie. It was amazing. You got the. Uh, you got the Batman and Robin thing going, where or, 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 or like Batman the man and the, Oracle, man in the chair yeah. with Bruce and his, yeah. his. And I actually thought Bruce Willis wasn't phoning it in in this one. I kind of liked him in this. He didn't, well, he didn't really have much to do, but you know, he just had to just do what he had to do, and he did that fine. But like, like so, you got that. That was really cool too. I love the beginning of this movie. That kind of gives you what you thought. This is what I thought the end of the movie would be, which is here's what David Dunn has been doing. Since Unbreakable, he's started right. a security company and he's actually kind of a vigilante superhero with his son helping him out. He bumps into fucking the horde. Uh, Kev- What's his name? Kevin Wallace Crumb yeah. saves the girls. Great fight scene. And this start the movie. This is like the first act of the movie. You're like, oh, fuck. OK, we're starting with this. Great. I thought this would be the end. And then they immediately get thrown into a mess. And then the second act kind of slows down. Becomes more like Unbreakable and does more of the M Night stuff where he just puts sits the camera down and not a lot happens. People don't really move. It's just kind of sitting there. Uh, yeah. My problem with this the 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 scene with all three of them in the pink room. I love the colors. I love the color palette. I love how uh, the overseer was green and uh, the horde was yellow. Uh, this is my big purple. problem. Yes. Yeah. The colors and all that stuff is great. M Night Shyamalan is a is a good visual director he knows what he's doing he knows how to get um you know the hairs on the back of your neck to stand up he kind of knows how to like push certain buttons yeah he knows how to lead you he and does make point it of tense. view very well yep 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 um th- this is the issue that i have with the movie so you get into the medical institution and at a certain point in time you find out that mr glass is in there and he's been in there this whole time yep yeah and now we've seen the trailers yes we know that Mr. Glass is not catatonic. We know that. Yes. You see him move around in the trailers. You see him talk in the trailers. Why do they keep Mr. Glass catatonic for such a long time? Uh, you know, the worst thing was, I'm like. It's his movie. First, you're absolutely right. The movie, He's one yes. of the best things in, in Unbreakable. I, I don't know why this movie is called Glass, because it's really more like McAvoy seemed to steal it. But Well, because this is his endgame. Oh, uh, Glass's Endgame. This is Glass's whole, like, Endgame. This is his whole uh, thing that he wanted to happen since the beginning. I didn't get... So, M. Knight does this a lot. He In this movie, he is building up, up expectations, and then 
he doesn't deliver on purpose. Like he dis he wants well, to disappoint you. That's all the swerve. But I didn't understand. Look, you have a scene where you have Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, and Samuel Jackson as these incredible characters, and you don't even let fucking Sam Jackson talk. He doesn't yeah. even participate in this amazing moment where Sarah yeah. Paulson is trying to get to the bottom of this, and he's fucking catatonic. Right. What the fuck is that? Well, I I had a lot of problems with this movie up until the end, and then the end of the movie made me like the movie uh-huh. better in some respects. Uh-huh. This is what he does. Great. All right. So let, let me, let's just put the plot out there for everyone who does it. Who, who, so we already got him up to the mental institute. Yeah. They're- so they're in the mental institution and this woman comes and is, is trying to psychoanalyze them and to convince them that they're not special. Even though we've seen them uh, uh, perform with their powers many yeah. times. She's like, and yeah. Yeah. So basically sh- she's, trying to convince them and she says in three days if we don't convince you then we have to do other other things uh that might be invasive like lobotomy, kind of like lobotomy gotta, or something so there's like your that. ticking clock your time restraint right and then you know the turn is where uh obviously mr glass is faking it yep. and then he recruits the horde he gets the beast to, to come out and es- break out escape yeah. and the plan is that mr glass wants to have a showdown uh, so everybody can see uh, that superheroes exist, and he wants to do it in this big new building, Osaka that, Tower. That I think this was like a callback to like Die Hard. It had to be, yeah, it re- something like it that. Reminded me of like the Nakatomi Building. He's called. So basically, yeah. they're letting you know, okay, this is the big end game. There's gonna be going a big be. battle at this building, and uh, that sounds awesome. Doesn't right. happen. No, what happens <laughs> instead is that um they simply fight outside of the mental institution, right? And it's a very understated fight. You know, it's uh, not the big crazy thing that you're expecting. You see a lot of it in the trailer, actually. Of the fight? Yeah. No, I didn't. A little bit. I mean, that that outside shot. But yeah, you never get to the tower. Right. You never get to what you're expecting. And lo and behold, this was all a setup by Mr. Glass, because Mr. Glass knows that there are all these cameras that are mounted around the thing, and he's... Uh, now streams and records all of what's going on in front of this thing. And he, at the end of the movie, uh, his master plan is that he's going to disseminate this on the internet so everybody can see that there is proof of real superheroes. And here's where you get three big twists all in a row. Right. At the end of this movie. And here's the thing about M. Night movies. You just have to go along for the ride. And when right. you get to that twist ending, you will know whether... You agreed with it, whether you liked it, whether it made you hate the movie, whether it made you like the movie. So I find it very interesting that this twist, some of the twist, let's talk about, let's go twist by twist. Let's talk about what I liked and didn't like about them. They're fighting at the end. The, the, the beast is about to do the final attack on David Dunn and his son runs in. And uh, this is what I don't like about M. Night is like people just yelling out exposition uh, right. throughout the whole movie that Sarah Paulson just explains everything. The son runs in and goes, wait, um, your dad died on the same train that David Dunn was on. Oh, shit. Meaning Mr. Glass was the cause of your dad's death. And that's why Kevin gets all fucked up with this personality disorder. He's left with his mom who's abused him. So he goes after Glass and just like all he has to do is toss him off the wheelchair and he breaks all his bones. Yeah. And he's dying. Second twist. On top of that, there's these dudes. With 
three leaf clover tattoos. And apparently there's been the secret society the whole time that's out to put down superpowered individuals. Sarah Paulson being a part of this. So I, this was kind of confusing. Was her deal? She's like, let me try to convince them that they, they're not special. Yeah. And have them locked up forever and, and lock them up. Forever. If that doesn't work, you can just kill them. Yeah. So it doesn't work. They all get killed. And, and, and even the killing I thought was an interesting way. It's like Mr. Glass tossed to the ground, broken bones dies. Anna Joy, J, uh, Anna Joy Taylor, Casey gets the beast to revert to Kevin and the guy snipes him in the in the gut, bleeds out. And then we know uh, David Dunn is allergic to water. That's his kryptonite. And he's unceremoniously drowned in a fucking pothole on the street. I was like, what the fuck? This is how this guy goes out after all this. Uh, and then the third twist being Glass does end up releasing the video. And what that secret society. So, Ruggs, did the bad guy actually win at the end? Is this a hopeful well, ending you, or if, it's a dark if ending? You think, if you think that Mr. Glass He's technically is a the bad villain. guy. Like, I think Mr. Glass is a is evil. Okay. Right? Okay. He's, or, or he's bad. He's a murderer. He's a mass murderer. He's a terrorist. Yes. Yes. But in his own, like, in his story, he's the hero because he knows something that no one else knows. And he wants to prove something to the world that is actually true. Yeah. That there are people that are special. And- um, one of the things that's happening. See, this movie is is bad, but then you can read into it, and then there's a lot of like deep things going. The on. The more I thought about it, the more like my opinion was was changing, and I was like, man. So well, M Night has great ideas. His execution is not always. I think on that. Point. I think that the um, yeah, he he they just didn't handle this well. Like this is what this movie needed to be better. It needed to have more Mister Glass. And not him being catatonic all the whole time. That would have been great. Yeah. It's called right? glass. Yeah. Um, number two, um, the way they handled the secret society. That came out of nowhere. I was like, like what the fuck is this? It's like they're Hydra. But I I, I mean, I don't know if I like that. It they came, walk into a restaurant yeah. and just start talking like that's so stupid. It's not even cool. What kind of secret society meets in a public restaurant and waits until people leave to have their meeting? Is that what's going on? You're just <laughs> going to so, wait so and stupid. hope the person finishes. And then what it's are you so doing? Dumb. It's the dumbest it doesn't thing. It make any sense. I mean, it'd, be, it'd make more sense if they just fucking robo like like video call the, yes, each other. You know? That's a big fuck up right there. So I don't so, I don't know if I like that twist because that was handled so terribly. Very clunky. So that's a big fuck up right there. Yeah. Uh, so not enough glass. That whole secret society thing was the idea is cool, but they did it wrong. And then the fact that James McAvoy could have just like closed his eyes and not gotten the flashes that of light. Is the other thing I I eventually uh, thought we're going. Wait a minute. What if he just covers his eyes? Yeah, he could have wrapped a shirt around his face. He could have escaped from that room at any point. Also, right. if they were the point was to kill these people, why wouldn't they have just kill Glass and killed all of them to begin with? Why do all this horse shit if you're the secret society? Waste all this time and money. Yeah, it really is a waste of resources. What the to fuck is the whole? It's like not even a like real. We're place. trying to be humane. That's like such a like a. I don't buy that. No, I don't. If you're gonna like, kill him, know. just fucking kill him. What are you doing? Uh, uh, so also the thing, the other thing that bugged me is in Unbreakable. You know, this is 2000. This is before the X Men movies comes out. This is before this glorious right. age of superhero movies. 
This, what was amazing when I watched it was like, wow, this was a secret superhero origin story. It is a slow movie. It's a slow burn, but it works really well. It builds well. And you're like, holy shit, this is a superhero movie. And you have uh, Mr. Glass explaining, you know, s- basic comic book superhero concepts to the viewer, which in 2000 made sense, right? There was no superhero movies. Nobody was reading this. So, but I feel like 19 years later and he's doing the same thing and it sounds fucking cheesy and hokey where he's literally describing the concept of good versus evil and heroes. And I'm like, well, people, re- they know they this. use the word superhero too much. Yeah, it seemed, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't. It was too on the nose. Like, yes, they're not yes. heroes. They're just superhuman. Yes. But he was like, like, I don't understand why they kept on. Like, I don't know why M. Night Shyamalan chose that word. Superheroes. Like the, the psychiatrist is like, you think you're superheroes. Yeah. I'm like, Mr. Glass doesn't think he's a superhero, neither does the horse. No, no. This, I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, you're trying to convince the whole thing of these movies, to me, always was, do these people really have powers? Because in Unbreakable, he films things where they just barely look like it's a little bit enhanced, right? You're not really sure. You're like, I get, is he just really strong? I'm not sure. And it's vague and it's up to you. And I love that. But now this film definitely tells us they they are super powered. Meanwhile, she's trying to convince the audience and them that they're not. And I'm like, but we know they are. So where is this? Because in the middle of the movie, I was like, where? what is this movie well, trying to be? Where is it going? The whole thing is it's trying to make you doubt it, right? So if you had like a doubt in your mind that they were not really superheroes. But I, you just watched the guy climb across the wall like Spider-Man. Right. What the fuck? They have so, like, powers. Yeah. So like. <laughs> How do you explain I, that? Like, well, he tried to do that, but he didn't do it successfully. Like, so basically, this movie is like a um, a lot of great ideas that didn't really stick. Yeah, like, he, he has good ideas. He just sometimes the ideas are great. Yeah, like, yeah. At the end of the movie, this basically, like the uh, what us, Mister Glass says, yeah, is that the reason why people don't realize that they're superhuman is because they don't they just explain it away or they, they didn't deny it in themselves. Yeah. It's just like people like deny yeah. like their sexuality yeah. or denied it, you know, about yeah. themselves. They choose so not to they see don't it. embrace yeah. it. Yeah. So when they see it, yeah. this will uh, embolden them to actually embrace their superhumanness. And I've also always loved the, the idea that superhero comics existed because these some of these guys maybe had seen these actual superpowered people well, at, you could, and, 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 and came up with this character. You could uh, take this as the ending being uplifting. Is that after th- that this movie takes place, the world you're living in a world that number yes. one believes that superheroes are are real, and they have evidence of these three guys, these two right? guys, and that that will probably s- create more, more of them coming out. Unfortunately, M Night has said he is done with this universe. Right. We're not getting any more movies in this universe. Uh, but I mean, it lives on in your thoughts. So, and the ending itself was hopeful in where they go back to the train station and, uh, you know, uh, the kid is there and the girl from Split and Glass's mom and really bad old person makeup. It was so distracting. Her fucking. Yeah, that makeup was horrible. That makeup was so bad. Why would you do that? 20 million to get you better makeup. But there is the hopeful ending where they're looking around and watching everyone discover the video. And now that it's out in the world, did you think they had to die? Did you like that? I kind of feel like, I don't know if I like that they died. Well, I think, did they have to die? No. But I think that um, Bruce Willis is not going to be in another one of these fucking movies. 
No, and he yeah, and M I mean, Night doesn't do like sequels. Like this is really the it's a rare thing that he's strung these movies together. Speaking of right. his cameo, he is the same dude in all the movies. Yeah, because he references uh, meeting him at the stadium and being with shady guys from Unbreakable. Right. Then he references what was the thing from Split? Didn't he work at the zoo? Oh yes, I think he worked at the zoo. No, no, he was the neighbor in Split, and that's why he was buying the security camera because he's oh. like this dude got killed next door. Right. And then and then and then he had one funny line where he's like, Jesus, let your dad take a walk, kid. What's the problem? Yeah. I like the humor. I mean, I thought McAvoy brought a lot of the humor with Hedwig and his other characters and the bro character. Uh fucking McAvoy, dude. Flipping I was enjoying characters. the film. I just I enjoyed James McAvoy in this movie. I enjoyed uh, a lot of it. I think Sarah Paulson was phoning it in. Oh, a little I bit. Don't, I no. don't think that she was yeah. great. As I said, they needed more Samuel L. Jackson. Why is it called Glass? Did you notice they used deleted scenes from Unbreakable? That was awesome. That's very cool. I love what they, I love, I mean, that's a great idea. Why don't more fucking people do that when you can? Because at first I was like, is this a DH Bruce Willis? That looks amazing. And then I found out fucking deleted scenes from the movie. Uh, very neat. Uh, and McAvoy is just, I read an article about McAvoy and he had to remain like while they were shooting. When they weren't shooting, he was constantly working out to be because he's fucking Jack, dude. I didn't think he, he that was all him, but apparently it is. And just to get the veins popping, he's he's working out between between takes, like right there on the set. I mean that that's a great performance. That that's one of the best performances I've seen in an actor in any kind of movie, like uh, comic book related. To be able to flip, uh, uh, you know, with the snap of a finger and 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 it be believable. And uh, there'd be clearly distinctive personalities. Uh, that shit was dope, but the movie should have been called Split Two or something. Totally, I think it was like it was like three different movies. And he was trying; it didn't seem to like it was very uneven in parts. The three acts. Um, now, would you say this is a bad movie, a good movie, or a misguided movie? Fuck, I don't know. If you like M Night, and I think. It's just a, a okay, good movie. Like, it's just okay. You know? I don't think... Well, well, you know what? Fuck, we'll rank it now. I don't think it's as good as Split and Unbreakable. No. At all. But I love seeing these characters together. I love kind of getting this closure. Uh, but uh, here, here's the another great thing about M. Night. This is, you know, his movies won't suffer from a, a studio hacking it up in post or differences of vision. You can be sure that everything we saw he meant to put in there like he yeah, well he decided to. he decided well he decided to these are all his choices but i like his movies where like i kind of want to see it again and you kind of just have to let yourself go and have him take you on this journey you know and a lot of his movies I work think on that the way. second viewing people might might enjoy it more because they do set up this fucking crazy ass sounding thing it's like someone telling you you're gonna get a fucking steak yeah. and they fucking don't yeah. give you and they, it never comes you, yeah and so once you you know you can get past like if once you know the twist like i kind of want to see it again because i thought the direction was great like you said i love those point of view shots i love how it's low budget so the way he shows uh you know like david dunn denting things you just see the dents you see it from behind you don't actually see them do it and in the background it's out of focus but you see a guy get thrown across the wall but it's very, it's not very overtly things. It's kind of deconstructivist-ish. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it works. I like, did you get all the Superman analogy going on through this movie? 
I got some of it. Like when the guy was telling you, the comic book store guy was telling you about Superman. Um, and then they cut to like uh, James McAvoy flipping yes. the car. Yep. He's talking about there's the iconic shot of Action Comics number one where he's picking up a car. And now the world is see. And so when he says this is an origin movie, what do you think he means? I kind of read it as it's like an origin for this superhero world that's now out in the public. Yeah, I think it's going to be a new world. I, uh, Mr. Glass says whenever somebody rises, someone else will rise to be the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, uh, the balance. Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, this is kind of weird. Like, okay, so Glass, and then you got the Overseer rises to... Uh, overseer. Yeah. Yeah. And Split, uh, the Horde, is split in two. Yeah. So he's both good and evil. Yeah, within himself. He balances himself Oh, out. shit. Wow. But I would also say that, you know, you could also say that, you know, uh, the Horde is pretty male- malevolent. So there should be someone else rising to for the Horde and no one ever showed up. A counter, right. There was Glass and, and Overseer. Who was the, that the Horde needed another counter? Well, well, you can make the argument that the Horde is its own counter. He is both, he right. Because, yeah. yeah, he's got 20. And I read someplace, like, he originally wanted to introduce... Uh, the Horde in Unbreakable, but wasn't able to do it. And I'm kind of glad he didn't. But to wait this long and then to be sitting with this and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow people's minds and put this all together. I just, the one thing that bothered me also is I think he like kind of sold out and went a, made it a little like, mar- he was trying to comment on like big studio superhero productions now, but doing that thing with the fucking Shamrock Secret Society, that's total like Marvel MCU. Hydra, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Is that is that a comment on this, or were you? Did you just think that maybe I should put in some of this? I like it better when you did it. Need that? I don't. Mm, I don't. did it need. Did it need that woman to be part of a society and Bruce Willis to die for the movie to be successful? I don't know. I don't know. It came out of nowhere, and that's why it just fucking fucked me up. After I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" I don't know because the movie did not end. It was nothing that what I expected overall. Like, of course, okay, so let's say uh, that you take away the whole Shamrock people. Yes, yes. All right. Take away that this, one twist. The, the institution is just an institution trying. They, they have no idea that, that there's super people. All right. Right. No idea. Right. All right. You take away that tr- that twist. So then, uh, of course, um, the Horde finds out that uh, Glass killed his father. The Horde kills Glass. And then Dunn stops the Horde. And then Dunn stops the Horde. And then that's it. And then, like, because the Horde is about to run, make a run for the building, isn't it? And everything, uh, he, uh, he, no, he's not. And then he's stopped by the kid. Yeah. Right? Well, the kid stops him. He turns into Kevin and then they shot him. So then what happens? So then Dunn has got to, let's logically finish this movie. So Dunn has got to stop him. So they 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 never make it to the building. No, they would fight. He would have to take him out, and then this is where everybody is filming it, and it's now out into the open. And right. and the the doctor would see that she's been wrong this whole time. Right, everything she's believed has been flipped on his head, and she sees the actual power, and uh, tries to help. Or and her career is over, and her career is over. I I, <laughs> I wish there was some ending in which David Dunn actually. 
overcame the secret society. I didn't like the way he died. And what if they just kill each other and they, they fight to the death? Oh, that's die. not bad either. So it always ends with them all both dying. It, it, I guess you have to kill them. I mean, maybe Dunn could probably kill the horde uh, and, uh, you know, live. You know, but see, I wish they I wish they did more about it. I thought they were going to actually go more into like maybe the beast is the horde's physiology. Like, why is he bulletproof when he's the beast? But when he's Kevin, the Hulk. when oh, I guess. But so if Bruce Banner gets shot, if he hulks out, does that save him? He can't turn back or he'll die. Yeah, but, I don't know why he would die by getting shot. Right. He could have just turned into the fucking beast right there. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, should we? Will you want to score this movie? What do you want to give it? And do you want to rank it amongst his movies? I gotta see a list of his movies. Let me let me, let me, let me So that. there is a link in the show notes, but we just went over. Here's here's the main movies: Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, Last Airbender, After Earth, The Visit, Split, and Glass. We are ignoring his Praying with Anger and Wide Awake, which are his first two movies. Uh, okay. Never mind those. All right. So uh, obviously his worst movie is probably The Last Airbender. Absolutely. Then it's The Happening. <clears throat> what about After Earth? I think After Earth goes before The Happening. No, After Earth is not that bad of a movie. Oh, okay. It's just got it's got Jane Smith in it. That's why. That's the problem. Ah. You put Jaden Smith in anything, and then but I think that um, the movie in itself is not a bad movie. I think the plot of it was fine. Lady in the Water is actually worse than I think. Lady in the Water is actually worse than After. Earth. Okay, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen some of these. It's terrible. Okay, um, so Glass is better than Lady in the Water, After Earth, The Happening, so far. Yeah, yeah. And then what's after that? Uh, what about the visit? I haven't seen the. Visit. I haven't seen the visit. I heard it's uh it's pretty good. Then so that one we're just gonna leave off. Yeah. So now you have kind of his stronger movies: The Village, Signs, Unbreakable. And Sixth Sense. And I've already said, this is not... Almost, well, it's definitely Sixth Sense is the best. Sixth Sense is the best, followed by Unbreakable, I would Unbreakable, say. Unbreakable, Signs, The Village. In that order, they're all good. They're all good. And then I would put this right underneath uh, The Village. I think Split is in the top four or five also. Oh, Split also. Yeah. yeah. Split goes in the top. It's definitely before... I would put that third. So I feel like this movie rests in that sweet spot between his strong movies and his really shitty movies. Yeah. Right? It's in the middle. It's right in the middle. Absolutely. I agree. Want to do something fun? Uh, do you want to uh, rank all his uh, twists and spoil all the fucking movies? That seems way too involved. <laughs> all right. But plus, people may not have seen these. What What do you think? The best twist is is, is the six cents. Absolutely. Six cents still to this day. Okay. Favorite twist. Give me like your top three twists. Six cents was a great twist. Uh, I also. I don't remember the twist in signs. The oh, where it kills them. No. Signs was. Yes. Signs was that the aliens happened to be allergic to water and they happen to visit a planet that's two third water like idiots. Yeah. So that's not the greatest twist. Remember the one in the village? I kind of like this one. No, the village I think is a great film. Yeah. I like, I think that when I watch it, I was so disappointed because I wasn't expecting seeing some fucking monsters yeah. and I realized that it was all bullshit. But now I like, think about that. That's such a great, 
Like that's something that people would do now. Like yes, I feel like yes. people are so paranoid yes, they about would go off and 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 pretend it's fucking a century ago. Yes. So I actually I kind of like that twist. I think I don't know the the twist of the visit, but I think Unbreakable and Split have pretty strong twists twists at the end uh, yeah. as it is Split with just the David Dunn reveal, and you're like, holy shit, what the oh, fuck? The big shit. twist is that the Beast is actually a you know superhuman. And that uh, this is a in the same universe as Unbreakable. Yeah. We didn't know that. That is another twist. And then Unbreakable twist at the end is kind of, it kind of works where you realize that Mr. Glass was pulling this shit the whole time. Yeah. And you're like, this is his origin story kind of at the same time. Yep. So there's some good twists and some really fucking shitty twists. But, but the sixth sense is the best. Sixth sense is the best. And I think, you got to say M night is, is still, it's one he's one of the few directors out there. That's just, he's doing what he wants to do. He's going to make the movies he wants. And, uh, I got to give him props for that. Not, not, not selling out and trying to be safe. Give well, it, I take appreciate it risk. his originality. He takes, and that he takes risks. He takes risks. We need that. Uh, we do need that. Yeah. That look, guess what? I'd rather watch this movie than a fucking, uh, like, uh, random fucking Hollywood bullshit that they just crank out absolutely absolutely this i mean i think this like uh, this thing really gets you it, it, it leads to a lot of fun discussion there's a lot of stupid shit that hollywood pumps out and it's not creative and it's all, all of the twilight movies for example yeah um <laughs> any of the fucking 50 shades of bullshit or yes all of the fucking 50 like shades the, movies. Uh, the harry potter where is that the, the, oh the, the fantastic, fantastic beast is not doing well all the transformers movies i mean you're absolutely right this guy still he, he's an auteur he has a great vision i've always kind of secretly rooted for him i don't know why i just i think that like uh when you do a movie like unbreakable yeah. and the sixth sense yeah. and i'm gonna throw like i i like the village and i i think that that's pretty brilliant um, I think those movies are are good, and I think that they'll stand as test of time. Like, like whenever I show anyone Unbreakable, they're like, "This fucking is 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 riveting." And it's it's a very slow burn. Like, I forgot how much of a slow burn it really is, but it, the tension is so good. And you know, after the Sixth Sense, you could see how people are calling him the next Steven Spielberg, the next Alfred Hitchcock. He had all he has that potential, and he still he still well, kind of does. I don't know what he's going to do, but I think he should keep making films. I just think that um, he shouldn't rely on the twist so much. I think that he should just try and make a good story and then and service the story as much as possible without trying to. Here you go. Here's a twist. So you know? the next thing he's working on that's just announced, writer, director, it's called Labor of Love. It's listed as a drama mystery romance. One sentence, a widower embarks on a cross-country trip on foot to prove his love for his late wife. I don't know. What is this? Simple. Uh, where's the twist? But like, would you? He's not dead. Would you be disappointed if you saw an M Night movie and there wasn't a twist? He's been dead the whole time. <laughs> oh shit! Let's give away the sixth sense. Uh, would you be disappointed if you go to uh, one of his movies and there isn't a twist? Do you feel cheated or no? No. If the movie was good. I think it would be all right. I don't think the twist is that much of a. I listen like a, a twist that makes you think or that surprises you is great but a twist that annoys you yeah. is not good yeah. all right let's give it a number rugs what'd you give it out of 10 i would give it like a 5.5 damn really yeah mm. i was gonna be a little more generous at like a six and a half ish 
All right, I six can, and a half. I, I'll go up to a six if you, you know. I had a good time I did. watching I it. it. I just was annoyed by it afterwards. Well, but a, a lot of his movies are he 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 goes between giving you something beautiful on screen to it just being maddeningly frustrating. All right, I'll go to five point seven. All right, five point seven five. Comfortable with that to my six point five. Those other ratings. Let me. It's slightly better than average film. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far it's as just okay. Like as far as being satisfied with what you've seen, yeah. and being like happy with the story that you saw. Like I wasn't completely happy. It, but I did appreciate it being original and yeah. and different. Would you recommend this to M Night fans to finish out this East Rail one seven seven trilogy? I think you have to see. I think it. you have to see it if you're into the split and unbreakable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, despite and again, this one I saw the critic reactions. I read some of the things, but I didn't care because an M Night movie you kind of have to go see it yourself because you don't like, know what the fuck you're getting into. It's not a movie for you if you don't like fucking M Night Shyamalan yeah, movies. Yeah. Yep. 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 I, like, I just think it's cool we get to talk about an M. Night, a new M. Night movie on the show. Let me ask you this one last question, and we'll get to news from the nation. Would you like to see M. Night do a Marvel or DC movie? No. No? Already? No. What if he was given full reign to be as weird as you want? You picked a property that was weird, that was maybe low risk. You gave it to him to do whatever. I feel like it would be an Edgar Wright Ant Man thing, and maybe like, it would. He's work. already playing in the sandbox with this shit already. Like Moon Knight is split, basically. Oh shit! Oh, he. Go- oh my god! Can you imagine him doing a Moon Knight? Yeah, he's it's not gonna split. do it. He already did it. No, he's not gonna true. do it. And yet. he said he's he's been approached by them, and he's like not interested to really do it. So like M Night Shyamalan would probably be good with. Something like that's weird. Like a like Vertigo weird. thing. Like a weird Vertigo comic book. Yeah, maybe like Shade the Changing Man. Oh, he could do a good that. shade. Maybe Sandman would be way too big for him. It has to be a small. Yeah, it's too it has big. to be a it's small be thing. M. Night Hellblazer? I don't know. No. I mean, eh, he could do it, but I don't think he's the I, right I, I don't think he should adapt stuff. I think he should just make his own movies. Because that's kind of his, his strength. And... Again, he has no one but him to blame, and we can't, you know, we don't have to worry about studios interfering and weird shit happening, like all these big, uh, b- big budget blockbuster movies. I like to see him do like a space movie. Oh, I wonder if he even wanted me to do that. That'd be interesting. Do a fucking space movie, M Night Shyamalan. That's gonna cost you. Much. I just love the the world of his movies. Just like the feeling in all these movies, you know, they're they're consistent and it's a weird, but I kind of love it. You kind of love going into it and. Just letting him take you places and do things to you. Whoa, <laughs> did things to me. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Let's get to news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. No wet part, Rux? Oh. I was completely <laughs> spaced out. That's why no wet fart this week makes it more special when we do it. Uh, quick update uh, from last episode where Keith and Denkinger, lovely listener, Patreon supporter, uh, made a proposition to us. Remember, Rugs with Anthony? Right. If the Saints would make it to the Super Bowl and we were to publicly support them on the show, he would give us $100. Well, we're not getting the $100. Uh, we're not getting it. He didn't make didn't, it. didn't make it. Did you watch the game? I did not. I was working, but I was checking the score, and then I I got distracted, and then I was like, oh, shit, we're not getting the money. And then I was then I was over it. <laughs> I was oh like, we're not getting it. I'm over it. I heard they got screwed or something. 
in the OT. And of course, yeah, there was a bad call. Then the Patriots or missed whatever. call. Yeah. Anyways, that's sports. Anthony is not here. We don't have to. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Mike Cherkowski of the Vampire Robots shared a link on our Facebook group. Jock and Nation uh, he commented, having just revisited The Sopranos, I am now looking forward to this. Rugs, have you heard about The Sopranos prequel movie? Yep. I did not know they had a title for this. It's going to be called The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, it's going to be set during the Newark riots of the 60s. John Bernthal, Shane, Frank Castle, is in final talks to join the sequel along with Vera Farmiga and James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini. Okay. Uh, is uh, reportedly set to play a young Tony Soprano. Oh, shit. Geek boner. Wow. I hope he can act for everyone's sake. Well. Many Saints of Newark. It's a prequel to David Chase's groundbreaking TV series. Alan Taylor, who's like an amazing director, has done Sopranos, uh, Game of Thrones, many great things on HBO. He is directing, and I think Chase is writing and he's involved. So, uh, Rugs, do you think who do you think Bernthal's playing? Polly Walnuts, a young Polly Walnuts. That's what Mike Tchaikovsky's. I thought it was going to be. Yes, um, I thought it'd be his dad. Well, you have a uh, junior soprano. Yeah. I think it's going to be them when they're in their prime, right? I feel like that's the era. Yeah. You got a teenage Tony Soprano. I'm not aware of these Newark riots. Do you have any information? Do you know anything about the Newark riots of the 60s? No, I don't. Oh, it says in here, uh, when African-Americans and Italians of that city were at each other's throats in the 60s, it was especially lethal among gangsters from each group. The st- Oh, here's what it focuses on. The story focuses on Dickie Moltisanti. A mentor to young Tony as his own father, Johnny Boy, was grooming his son on a pathway to organized crime prominence. There are expected to be callbacks and shout outs to numerous other series characters in the film. This sounds kind of cool. We were talking about uh, good prequels. This has the potential to actually be a good prequel, possibly. We'll see. I don't know. I'm really like dubious about this whole Sopranos thing, but let's see what happens. Uh, As long as you have Chase writing the script, as long as David Chase is involved... The acting has to be on point. Yes. That's it. Like the characters, I have to like these new characters. Let's say they're interpreting young versions of the old characters. Yeah. Like I have to like them. And I got to buy them as like, this is Junior Soprano yeah. that I remember from the show. Yeah. Sopranos, by the way, uh, fun fact, the reason I got HBO way back when, the 2000, uh, and I it's mean, one of the best fucking that shows was out like, there. That was the show that started this whole shit. Dude, that show's ending, you can, I still talk about that ending. And you can still discuss the ending. It's still like a, a great discussion. What happened? What did people see? Uh, what a way to end the show. I think David Chase nailed it with that ending because you go through all sorts of emotions when you're like, what? The fuck? That's it? But then I, I kind of like that ending. It's better than the lost fucking ending. Fuck. Yeah, lost fuck sucks. you lost. Here's a great question from Justin Zwerner. I love this. Uh, and we have a lot of comments, but before I get to listener comments, I'm going to ask you your answer to this question, Rugs. Go ahead. Would you rather have any superpower of your choice or have one million dollars? Oh That's shit! A stupid question. I think it's a fantastic question. Why? It's a dumb question. Okay, what is your what's your answer? I would just be fucking Toyo Harada or fucking Professor X and just do whatever I want. If I could choose whatever I okay, my power okay, is. and I initially. Well, I went, oh, I, the superpower for sure. Cause you can cheat. Yeah. 
But money is like nothing when you it is completely meaningless when you were basically you could walk up to like the biggest billionaire in the world and go, give me all your money. And he just will sign it over to you. So not a lot of people, not a lot of people <laughs> pick the money, as you said. <laughs> Raymond Swanson comments, could my superpower be immunity to carbs? That's a good superpower. I would love to have that. Rob Trauma says, I'll take the superpower to mold reality and then no one will need money. That's a good one. Seth Morgan says there was a character in the Legion of Superheroes named Matter Changer Lad. So I think he got confused. I think he meant Element Lad. Yeah, it's a lad. It's a a lad. Element Lad. He was a very underutilized character. When you think about it, the man was a god to have that power. Who could possibly stop him? What couldn't he do? Uh, Who would need money with powers like that? It's a very good point. Nanya Mikael says immortality. I'll live long enough to get the money, that money and more. Nobody's picking the money. Juan Carlos Valdovinos, invisibility power will allow you to take whatever you like without anyone seeing you. Rug, secretly, I've always kind of wanted to have invisibility power in times of my life. Well, that's a, that's a good power, but I still think the most important power you could have is mind control. Mind control would trump all because then you would just, you could just get everyone. You could just do whatever. You could just cut your way into like anything. fucking Kilgrave, a Professor X. Yeah. No must, no fuss. Justin Swerner says, I thought at least one person would pick the money. Okay, now here's a little caveat. What if the superpower is random? It could be something great or something shitty. Rugs, what do you do? Oh, I wouldn't take a chance on a shitty power. So then you take the money. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hulk Corbin Quintana says, with great power comes great responsibility. With all that cash comes wave runners and sexy beach parties. I'll take the money. Oh shit! Oh shit! Corbin's taking the money. He has. He makes a strong argument for the money. Yeah, I can see that. Jose Ibarra, I'd probably die from booze or cocaine within weeks of acquiring that money. As for the superpower, I know I'd abuse it, so I choose a small superpower like immunity to stub toes. Wow, he really downplayed his powers there. Yeah, that's all. I would take the money over immunity to stub toes. Yeah, I would definitely take the money. Matthew Lawrence, if you had the power to print money, you could make whatever you need. Counterfeit man. Perfect bills or to predict the future, you could win whatever you need, gambling or inventing things, and it would never dry out. If all you get is $100 million, you would blow through it. $100 million is not a lot of money, and I would like luck powers. I think luck powers would be fun. You go to the casino. You just keep winning. They kick you out. They don't know what you're doing. Oh, they would get, eventually kill you. They would take you out. And then Fiddlesticks Winterbottom says, how about the power to win every bet? That's kind of like Domino's luck powers. Yeah, you're looking at people being pissed at you, or like especially organizations that have like muscle that could. That's the thing. Someone would be disappear. Someone would be. You'd have to look over your shoulder. Someone would be after you all the time. You'd be living it up, but you couldn't really be flashy because they're gonna come take you out. Like if I had mind control powers, I would just go to the. uh, I would just go to the White House. Yeah. And I would become president of the world. Yeah, and then just like make everything. I would just go meet with uh, everybody and just go. Okay, I am just gonna listen to what I say. Yeah. And then we just do like everybody chill the fuck out and we're good. Yeah. Now we're good. Yeah. And then that was it. All the world's problems would be over. And I'm like, let's go to space, dude. Uh, you know what? That you can't, you can't, <laughs> you have a point there. The mind control. Why didn't Professor X do more? This is what I wanted. Why didn't Magneto was well, right? I think that mind control is like you have to be like in proximity okay. for it to work, right? I see. You have, maybe you have to touch them or something. I would still, uh, yeah, I would I would prefer Spider-Man powers over $100 million any day. <laughs> it's not the best, but I just want Spider-Man powers. Spider-Man powers would be cool, I guess. Like having super strength. 
Like yeah. I think invulnerability and like immortality is great. Like you just never die. Immortality is rough though. That you got to imagine that gets old after a couple of fucking hundred thousand years when everyone just dies and you can't really have a relationship. Well, uh, maybe you can die, but it's just very hard for people to do it to you. Like you probably poison yourself. Or something. I like the mind control. That may be like the best superhero out there. It is. Best it is power. the best. Power. Yeah. It's not the best for comic books, but it's no. the best for actual reality. Yes. If these things existed, this mind control, uh, Professor X power. It's kind of like what glass was a manipulator. Kind of like right, but like, like glass. Toyo Harada is actually the strongest being ever, ever, and he is uh the uh he's like the Professor X of the Valiant universe. Ooh, Valiant! That's a good thing you bring that up. We will talk about them soon. But uh, uh, who was Toyo? What character was he? Toyo right, so Harada in, in, in Harbinger. Oh, in Harbinger. Harbinger is like the Valiant version of X Men, where people are born with powers. Mm. All right. And you know how in X-Men, like, there's a nice dude with, like, mind control powers that, like, wants to make everybody, like, not, like get along? Yeah. In the Valiant universe, the guy with the mind control powers also has telekinesis. So he, has, he has all the mind powers. He can control people, what, what, they, what people think, can move things with his mind. So he can pretty much make whatever he wants to happen. And he uses it to become the biggest, like, uh, corporation in the world. Like, he runs everything. Like, he's basically puppeteering the entire world. He is the mastermind. Ooh. And then there's a guy, Pete Stanchek, who gets a similar power set. And they go toe-to-toe. Love that Valiant shit, Ruggs. And that's a, it's amazing. Listen, that is a fucking... I don't know how you knew this. It's a genius segue to our first voicemail. Lewis, pause. I haven't heard from him in a while. He checks in. What's up, guys? It's Lewis here. It's been a while since I checked in. Uh, but I've been following right along. I figure now is a good time to jump on the speak pipe since it's uh, such a hot topic lately. Anyhow, I have a question. What do you think about Sony's bloodshot movie in production from the Valiant Universe? Now, uh, most people or at least a common moviegoer or people of pop culture are not very familiar with the Valiant Universe. I myself own a lot of the books and kind of read everything since the reboot back in uh, 2012, I think it was. Uh, so I read everything like Bloodshot, Exo Manowar, Harbinger, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I just want to know what you guys think about that. Vin Diesel just posted a uh, picture recently, which reveals nothing since the uh, initial issue I have with Vin Diesel playing Bloodshot. Ray Garrison is that he uh, is bald and he's not bald in the book. So, uh, matter of fact, I feel like his hair is a trait, is a trait of the character. Um, but anyhow, man, I just wanted to ask you guys what you think about that and Sony buying into the Valiant universe and trying to create a Valiant cinematic universe, you know, post Venom and Spider-Verse. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. Nerd. Great question, Lewis. Thanks for bringing that up. Rugs, have you seen this picture? It's pretty much... Where is There's it? a link in this. It's a picture that shows that this movie is getting made. It's Vin Diesel in camo holding a bag with shades. Uh, so, and in Instagram, the caption is let the Valiant era begin. Hashtag bloodshot 2020. Geek boner. Bloodshot created by Kevin Van Hook, Don Perlin, Bob Layton. Story of a former soldier, like you said, Ray Garrison, who was killed and brought back to life with technological upgrades. Thanks to rising spirit technologies. Filling his body with billions of nanobots. He is the perfect soldier. He can heal from injuries. He can shapeshift. He can interact with technology. Uh, Ray, also known as Bloodshot, suffers total memory loss 
struggles to reconnect with who he was while learning what sort of weapon he has become with the help of with the help of a group of other augmented combatants known as Chainsaw. So this is like if Punisher Punisher meets Cyborg, kind of, right? Yeah, it's basically you have a soldier and he's a super soldier, but not like Captain America where he's he's actually got these nanites that number one can re- heal him, uh, alter his appearance, uh, pretty much anything. Like it, it can change his body chemistry, and he can even interact with uh, with computers. Yeah, it's cool. So he's 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 kind of like this super soldier on another level. Um, but he does a lot of the gunplay, like the Punisher, like the Punisher, badass desert eagles and guns and yeah. Uzis. Now the look of he's him, hyper violent, super violent. Uh, and yeah. uh, I wanted to tell Lewis, like you uh, reading the reboot. That's awesome that you read those. I have not checked out the reboot, but with like you rugs, we read the original runs back in the nineties right. of the original Valiant. Have you read any of the reboot stuff? Pieces here and there. Is it any good? Yes, it's very okay. good. So the the character of Bloodshot has a very definitive look. His skin yeah. is white. He's often shirtless. He's got a round red circle on his chest. And yeah. he has hair. He has the high and tight kind of crew cut short hair. Uh, I don't know why they just put a wig on Vin Diesel. He has like, well, he the biggest thing is he's got like this... Uh, the Z that's like uh, shaved into the side of his head, right? On coming both off sides. like he's got the little widow's peak, and then it yeah. it shoots back in a Z. But does it bother you that Vin Diesel's going to play a bald bloodshot? Well, let's do this. He's not going to have the hair. Why don't they just put a wig on him? Why not? What's the problem? He looks dumb with hair. I guess he does. <laughs> he's the- he looks dumb with hair. That's number one. The, that haircut is like. Not something that Vin Diesel should sport. It's like a Punisher haircut. Let's if it face was it. somebody else. Yeah. If it was somebody else playing it, I maybe would see a. Uh, it be maybe would work. So I saw like a fan art piece where they made Vin Diesel bloodshot, and it was, I was like, I was okay with it. It didn't bother me that he was bald. It looked pretty good. Uh, I think that that look is dated. So maybe update a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think it's dated. Now, if it was the different actor, yeah. I would probably be yeah. going for it. Like, let's say, like they used um, what's his name? That gigantic fucking dude, um, Joe Manganiello. Oh, Joe Manganiello. He could he could probably pull it off. He would. He's, yes, yes. Because he has that. He he could probably have that do that tight do. I think Vin Diesel just he looks dumb with any kind of hair now, doesn't he? Yeah, like you he's can't. Just not the right guy. Yeah, can't put hair. They on. needed somebody to put uh with with uh cachet with star power so diesel's a good name everybody knows who diesel yep, is he's, yep, yep. you know he's fast and furious dude so uh they're gonna hang a lot on him to bring people into the theater toby so. kebbell's in this too yeah uh so the larger picture rugs now that sony has had sony's had a great 2018 their playstation spider-man game sold fucking crazy big for them right Venom made them over $800 million and has, has established their Spider-Man-less Sony's universe of Marvel characters. And Into the Spider-Verse, another huge critical hit. Uh, it's with, it's going to win the Oscar. It's won the Golden Globes. What does Sony do? Do they dive into this new Valiant universe, getting confident from this success? Or do you just not do the Valiant because you're going to fuck it up? I feel like they can take this money. Now they have more money to properly give us the Valiant universe on the screen. It depends on the success of this movie. Um, Bloodshot is an interesting 
movie to do it with. Is it going to be R-rated? Is it going to be super violent? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, Valiant has got so many great properties. Um, unfortunately, they lost a lot of their characters in the whole... Because uh, they basically, they were licensing a lot of characters like Magnus, Robot Fighter. Right. There was Solar. public domain characters yeah. at the time. Turok, I think all Turok those characters. Turok is a very old character, yes. And the Geomancers and all those yeah. guys, they were all part of um, the Valiant universe. I think they had to give back some of those characters. Look, you still have Exo Man of War. You got Ninjak, right? Yeah. You got uh, Harbinger, Archer, and Armstrong. Yeah, basically you got Exo Man of War, which is their Iron Man, all right? And Iron Man and Thor combined. Yeah. Right? You have a fucking barbarian in a fucking high-tech alien suit there you go so you got okay. your iron man thor movie you got your x-men right. movie with the harbingers you got your you got their harbinger you got your like punisher uh kind of gun plague dude in blood and you got your bat like your ninjack is kind of like a batman dude then, he's like a, yeah he's like a, a martial artist he's also but he's, he's a rich. rich guy right and he's yeah. a secretly ninja and then archer armstrong is like your buddy cop thing yeah you have a lot of buddy you have quantum and woody you have archer and armstrong you got Eternal Warrior, which is like Highlander. Oh, like Eternal guy Warrior, been, yeah. He's basically Vandal Savage. What about the guy who played the jazz trumpet in New Orleans? They still have him? Oh, that's that's Shadow Man. Shadow Man was very cool. All right, Rugs, here we go. We're going to play uh, fucking, we'll play production studio. You are the head of Sony. You have a yeah. chance to properly launch a connected shared universe, comic book universe. You don't want to fuck it up. You've seen how Disney's fucked it up. You've seen how Marvel is doing it. What do you do? What do you do to make this separate and and introduce this universe without making it seem like you're forcing all these things, kind of like the mummy, setting up things before they need to be set up? How do you launch this? I think that what you do is you do the entire movie, yeah, and then you could have a post credit scene. Yes, set it up. I, I and that's what I thought. This movie should be standalone. I say you do it like Iron Man. Uh, you know that you don't want to copy them, but that's why it works. Show me like people will leave at the end of the movie when the yes, credits come. Yes. And then they're like, okay, that was the movie. But if they stay after the credits, then they can get that little extra. Okay. Yes. And do not try coming. setting up other plots in this movie. No. Give me, I want to know about bloodshot. I want to know about uh, Ray Garrison. I want to get to know him. I want to care for him. Give me a story. And then just drop a little something that, Hey, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's more. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like they could have probably, uh, done an, another film that would i, I would have done probably eternal warrior well, so first. that's my question look you're the head of sony what would you have started with eternal warrior i probably would have started with eternal hmm. warrior because it's a period piece and you can do a lot with so it could kind of be like a prequel to the whole universe too yes he was the first superpowered person you know he was the one of legend you know what i mean this guy being alive all this time, he knows shit. He knows what's going oh, on. Oh, Eternal Warrior kinda... was uh, Jim Shooter. Yeah. And John Dixon. Yeah. I mean, you have so many great things. I mean, the Harbingers is great. Yeah. You got, and then they have so many, they have Psylords, they have uh, Armorines, they had all this other stuff that was pretty cool. It's got a lot of potential. I'm just, I hope they don't fuck it up. That's the only thing. I don't know if Sony, it's in the right hands at Sony, but they need something. So. Well, I saw that Valiant thing that they, uh, that uh, the Bat in the Sun Productions did. Yes, that, but that's not like a completely separate yeah. thing. Like that and, thing is dead. Yeah, that's completely dead, and it was not. They did not have enough. They didn't have money, enough money to actually yeah. make it yeah. happen correctly. 
So it was good that they buried But even that with kid. a lot of money, doesn't mean uh, that it's going to be good. You know? <laughs> you got to have. You need the right actors. You need the right people. You need to do it right. Like Marvel did it right. You just got to find people who, who are passionate about this character and what, and what you're trying to do and, and want to make something good. I think you should trust Valiant because they actually know what they're doing yes. more than. Yes. Look, I could say this about Valiant. And you can't say this about Marvel, yeah. and you can't say this about DC. That continuity, the characters, you know, it, since the, I think they had maybe a five or six year run. Yeah. They they tackled a lot in those five or six years, and it never got compromised. It's the tightest interconnected yes, storyline. Con- better. Than, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, they I planned. Right. It, they right. planned the whole universe. Yes, beforehand. All right. Yeah. Yes. Now, what's happened is. In, in after Valiant went under and uh, people bought the rights to the character, they lost a lot of their characters. About four or five characters they lost. So now there's a huge hole that they had to patch up when they relaunched did it. Did they so, retcon some stuff or change some yeah, things? Yeah, they had they to like mm-hmm. rewrite. But, mm-hmm. So this new Valiant is different than the old Valiant, but it's still now, still continuity-wise, Really tight. I want to. I want to check out the new Valiant, Lewis. Uh, let us know if I what. What's the best thing from the new Valiant that we should check out? What trade right now? Right. I would love to know, and I want to check it out because Valiant, Valiant is great shit, and it reminds me of college in the nineties and discovering it back then. Okay, rugs. Last thing for this week's show. Uh, if you were a member of the Jogginger Nation, you may have seen this post from Maddie J. Miller. He said, "Big announcement coming." I have the announcement. Rugs, grab your slack hole. Here we go. We have breaking news, Justin. This is Jock and Nerd Podcast News. I'm Christiana Hendricks, and we start the broadcast with some news just into our station. Apparently, the artist and self-appointed speak pipe king, Matthew James, has decided to hang it up and return to his isolated nerd cave to live out the rest of his life. Oh, shit. Will we ever hear from the prodigy? Will he triumphantly grace the airwaves again? In a brief statement released by James's attorney, he said he wishes the jock and nerd nation well and continued geek prosperity and also for the hosts to continue to be awesome. Imran to stay goofy, Anthony to remain dry and pessimistic and rugs fluffy. Reporting live on this sad day in podcasting history, I'm Christina Hendricks. America. Chuck and nerd. Wow. Oh, I heard him. There he was. Wow. We heard um, him at the end. I don't think it's the end you know, of him because he can't. I don't think he can help himself. If we, like, <laughs> for me, it's the end of an era. And you know me, Ruggs. I love. He's going to send stuff you in. Look, if we can't believe Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, who can we believe? She wouldn't <laughs> lie. She's a hot. Look, Matt, she's- like, Matt, we, we appreciate that you're, you want to contribute to the show and you still can. Um, I just think going about it in a way where it's just like a, a minute and a half of of kind of like you're you're shooting out stuff that you don't know if we card or not. I think that 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 usually gets uh, repetitive or maybe we we're, we're retreading stuff. So I think the best way to do is ask us a question, and if Imran thinks it's great, we'll we'll definitely use it. Like we use everybody's stuff that we think is interesting. You know, and like the Lewis Paz thing worked perfectly. You start talking about Valiant. Hey, he had a question about Valiant. Yeah, I mean, now look, part of that's... part of it is on me, of course. Obviously, a lot of it I could have edited some of his stuff out, but I don't have fucking time for that. And well, uh, we just, I bite. think that I think the whole thing with Maddie is that we like to react to it live. Yeah, it's fun. And <laughs> you know, the, that's our live reaction. 
if we covered something or if I covered something, we just spoke about that. That's going to be the live reaction. But we do want you to still participate. We want you to be send us shit just maybe a different way. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be just be a question like Lewis just sent us a question. That's great. Or, uh, yeah, a, a reaction to the show. I think it's or the whatever. end of this version of the Speak Pipe King. Uh, yeah, the I, think he's gonna, will bring I think he's going to like uh, something different. He's going to reinvent himself in a different way. I, I don't love think it. he's going to be doing uh, the news minute with Maddie J. I think he's not going to do that anymore. I think he might do something else. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned, listener rugs. Uh, that's the end of the show. Where can the people find you online? Who are you pissing off these days? Uh, I'm trying to piss people off, but it's not working. Oh, you got to try harder. Um, you got to try. You know what it is? Sometimes I go fishing on Twitter for something to like react to that I could come up with something funny. Yeah, give him one of these. Right. Fuck that show. Give him one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy and uh, come interact with me there, Maddie J. Yeah, Maddie J, get on the tweeters. Yeah. Uh, at ReallyRugBoy for the rugs. Uh, listener, you can help us grow uh, by just sharing the show. Tell a friend, grab somebody's phone subscribe thanks for listening this week to the jock and nerd podcast my name is imran my name's not anthony he's the rock boy and he's the nerd <laughs> we'll catch you next week my balls are hot. Here, here's everybody that's worked with brian singer i got your hand off my penis <laughs> too, soon? too soon i was dying to use that joke yeah Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. So crazy. Jogging nerd.